My name is Danae Reed, and I want to welcome you to the part of life where mothers do not physically, emotionally, or mentally exist. Welcome to Damn Mom, Really? Which is a podcast that seeks to shed light on grief and open up a conversation about a topic that is often avoided. Again, this is a space for people who have either experienced the loss of a mother or a mother figure, and I am so excited to fellowship with you guys. The contents of these episodes is up to the discretion of both my guests and myself, and I can trust that they are telling the truth just as much as I am as it feels right for them. Also noting that the subject matter can potentially be heavy or triggering we have included a six minute cool down meditation by Liliana Rasmussen at the end of this episode for your pleasure and this soundscape is brought to you by Scott Reed Jr. Hey y'all, it's Zanae and I'm back with another episode of Damn Mom, really the show that everybody wants to listen to and nobody wants to be on. If I sound a little nasally, I am sorry, allergies are kicking my ass today. Um, So I'm so happy to have Tondo on today. We talked a little bit on, I think that was like a couple months ago, we kind of had talked and we connected via LinkedIn and you know, we've just kind of had conversations here and there since then and I just knew I wanted to have her on my show because her story is so unique unique and so beautiful and it's from a different standpoint of loss of a mother that we haven't really featured on the show yet. Yeah. Tondo, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into the show. Okay, perfect. So, my name is Tondo. I was born back in 99. I'm 24 years old currently. It's my golden year. My birthday is January 24th. But yeah, I was born in Zimbabwe. And like Danae said, I've listened to a lot of episodes. And I'm the first person whose mom died so early on, mom's passed so early on. And the most recent episode that I listened to was the one where you were talking to Emma about how you don't like to use the D word. But like for my whole life, I think it's always just been such something that I don't think about so much that I've always used the D word. Mm. And like just recently stopped but yeah my mom passed away when I was three months old so like around this time um like three four months old so like around this time you know 24 years ago so like pretty much I don't know her and I never have and also like I'll never get to you know at least while I'm here and so excuse me if I start to cry but uh yeah it's just like something that's been um, hitting me more recently than ever before. Like I think my grief hasn't hasn't ever been in chronological order because it's like it's she was alive for less time than she's been gone, and she passed when she was twenty two years old. And so I started making a documentary called This Is Twenty Three for her because it was like. My mom passed away when she was 22. And so like, she never got to see 23. She never got to truly be a mom because my older sister was a year old. And then I'm like, this is 23 for me. I know you didn't get to live it, but I feel like I'm living symbolically for her because I'm learning now as I'm older that a lot of the things she did or wanted to do, like I'm doing them. Like she was a teacher. uh, She was in teacher's college rather when she passed away. And now I'm like substitute teaching. (laughs) I know it's not the same thing, but I've always wanted to be a professor. Yeah. And so it's like, I really love that for me and like just very nurturing and kind. And, you know, it's like people tell me about her, but I'll really never get to experience her. And 
like I did, I never really thought to grieve her mm. because I just, you'll never, like you can know that, you can know that there is more out there. Like, it's like once upon a time, you knew that there was better food that existed or like a different sort of food that existed, but you'll just right. never get to try that food. And so people can tell you about that food as much as possible, but you'll never know what it actually tastes, yeah, like. It tastes like. And so growing up, my dad didn't remarry or marry until I was a senior in high school, but he had been with people long-term before we lived with my younger sister's mom and her other kids, my um, brothers, we lived with them for a while, like eight years. And so like for a good chunk of my childhood, I was raised with another woman and uh, like in the home, like a mother figure. And I've always had aunts, I've always had grandmas. And like, I realized that these women that my father dated and all of my aunts who cared for me, because I don't know if you do this in your family, but in my family, we would stay away for like a lot of months with family. And it was like, I would be under the care of certain women, like, you know, summer breaks and things like that. Because again, my dad was a single parent and it uh -huh. was easy to send with someone who's already at home, you know? Um, <laughs> so I did that. And so I realized like last year when I was 23 and like making this documentary and like rewatching and like analyzing, like, why am I thinking these things? And it's like, this whole time I've been so sad that I never had a mom when I've had all of these moms. Mm. And it's like, what is a mom? And Ooh, so- that's a great question, what is a mom? What is a mom? Cause it's like a question that's been on my mind my whole life yeah. because people would always talk about having a mom and it's like, what is that? You know, what does it feel like? And so it's just, I'm starting to see like there are certain things moms teach you. And I just got to learn a bunch of different lessons from a bunch of different amazing women. Yeah. And it's cool because I got a bunch of different perspectives. And, you know, they say like daughters are a lot like their mothers, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't have such I am so open minded because I had all these moms. <laughs> Because when someone has, mothers have great influence in your life. Yes. And I nannied for a long time and it was this one-year-old boy and, you know, he spent his days with me and mm -hmm. so much so that he would cry when I left, but didn't cry when his mom left. Um, and so for those first years, the person who you're with the most, like that's who you bond to. And for most people, it is their mother. You form like such an innate connection. Like it's someone who you just want to be with someone you were literally with for a hundred percent of the time for the first nine months of your life there's no one else in the world that you spend so much time with yeah. and so it's like the connection you share with your mother like no matter how frayed the relationship is the most unique relationship you'll ever have with a person she's the reason you exist and so for me it's like it's so crazy because i'm here but like i don't know this woman who created me. And so I guess that's why now, like this year was my first year. Cause it was like, that's the mom who gave birth to me. Like yeah. that was her sole role. You know, that was the mom who gave birth to me. This was the mom who bought me my first pad. Wow. Yeah. Make me cry. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for just being so open about your story. You said so many beautiful things and poignant things that are I think relevant just across the board, right? Whether you're whether you lose your mom at three months or three years or twenty three or thirty three or whatever, I think it tends to be 
hard to not seek out a mother figure who can help guide you through life because that connection with your mom is innate and and that desire to have that connection is innate because we all come through the same way we all come through through a mother again or a mother figure and so I relate to you in that way I can't say I understand of course but I do relate to that sentiment of looking for other people to teach me how to be for me I lost my mom at 26 I'm 27 now and there's so much teaching and learning that I still felt like I needed to do. I'm like, I don't know who's going to teach me how to be a mother or like a wife or a, an adult friend or navigate these things in my life. And so I definitely, of course, on a different level, I, I recognize that pain and that longing and, and that search for not necessarily somebody to fill that space, but for somebody to kind of at least just cushion the space a little bit. So I I reflect those sentiments a lot, but I I do kind of want to go back because you started out with something that of course sparked my interest. We're talking about the D word and and to use it and, and when not to use it and who to use it to. And I, you know, I always say I don't use that word about my mom because nothing about her feels that way to me. My mom feels transitioned. She feels very much in a space. And I've talked about this before, but I think part of me or a lot of me or most of me honestly feels that death is a choice. I think your spirit decides on whether or not it wants to live versus wanting to die in that way. My mom might not have life in the way that I imagine life to be, but I don't feel that her presence has gone anywhere. I I just, I don't know, something about that word seems so like final to me. It seems so like definite and finite. And there's nothing about me that feels like when my mom passed that that was like a concrete ending, you know? So I just think that personally, I just think that we need to just change the way that we even think about things and ask ourselves why we think the things that we think, especially surrounding topics like grief, because it's like, where do we get these ideals from? It's just like the question of, well, what is the mother? It's like, well, what is death or what is life? Yeah. But I I guess I want to ask you, why did you make the decision to stop using the D word? Hmm. I I realized that she was a person before I was born because Mm -hmm. like you said, and something that I didn't realize I thought until you just said it, but when you always say past, it's because like you recognize that she's lived a life. Like she has been alive your whole life. She's been living your whole life. She was a part of your everyday. So someone you're very familiar with. And so when they it's like, you know, when someone walks out your door after you invite them over for dinner, they, they've just passed through, you know? But for me, it's like, before I was able to make a memory, she was gone. And so like, it's always been final. Like I've always known that it was, you know, like that's that. So yeah. it was just, so I guess until, like I said, the, like, this is 23 year, I really started to have like an existential crisis. Like it was just a everyday existential crisis, but it's like, wow, like, I wonder what she was doing, you know, when she was 22. Like, I really wonder how she was feeling because she was, you know, 22, mom of two. Mm-hmm. And my dad, that he was, he had moved to the United States because, you know, usually one parent comes before the other to like right. get things situated. And so he had come here with the intention of bringing his wife and daughters and gets word because, you know, they weren't talking on the phone every day then. Yeah. Um, Because people just didn't talk on the phone. And he said, like, 
they would talk like once every two weeks. And it's like, then he said one week, his dad called him and said like, she's gone. And uh, so yeah, I just started wondering about like, what her life was like. So I realized like, yeah, she did. She did pass. So I guess it was just like, subconsciously, I realized like she had a life before me, she had lived. Hmm. I don't know what that life was like for her. But I'm sure one day I will. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, so it's just like, really hard, really raw. But again, it's just like, like I said, I feel more because you know, when you go through a trauma, there's a point in time where your body is not as it once was. And you have to refit the pieces. I feel like I never knew that the pieces weren't fit. And now I'm experiencing the heaviness of it all. And so it's like, now I'm putting the pieces back together, but it's still like such a fresh wound, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, it never got infected. It just never healed because it's been tended to, right? My mother wound has always been tended to, but now it's like, wow, okay, let's get through this. And I'm on a letter writing campaign Okay. because the only thing I have of my mother's is one letter that she wrote to my dad one time. And I realized like, yeah, this is, it's such a lost art. And it's like, you can learn a little bit about people by uh, letters. I'm reading this uh, this biography about Van Gogh and most of the information they got from his letters because he was like an amazing poet he wrote like so many letters to his brother when he was like locked away Mm -hmm. and it was just like wow this was like a really complex man who did a lot more than just make art and cut off his ear and like we're getting that from letters and also we're just talking about disconnection and I feel like letters are a good way to just like keep regularly in touch I agree. so do you think that heaviness that you're feeling now is tied to the fact that you've outlived your mom you know she passed at 23 i mean i'm sorry at 22 you're now 24 wow. and so you, not only have you surpassed the age that your mom lived to but at the same time it's the understanding that that is so young yeah it's crazy because now i look at her as like my little sister for real It's weird. It's really, really weird. Like, that's the word I can use. It's weird to know, like, wow, I'm older than her, but also, like, on a spiritual sense, I did really feel like 23 was the hardest year of my life because, like, up until that point, I felt like I've been very lucky, really, really lucky, like, for real lucky. I would always win things, Mm -hmm. Um, like, random prizes, essay contests, (laughs) pageants. Like I was always winning things, but also like I was always putting myself in situations that if something different would have happened, I would have ended up on Dateline, but I was always like just making it through. And so she's just like God's closest angel, like always just saying things, but also she's experienced, she's lived this. So she can just tell me real quick, hey, don't do that. But then like when I'm 23, it was like, damn, I kept feeling like I was making the wrong decision over and over and over. And it was like, like if we're talking about financially, like I racked up $15,000 worth of credit card debt in like two months. Wow. And then I moved to New York. I didn't plan accordingly. And I moved the stress of, wow, this is really expensive. If I hadn't spent so much money on that trip, I would have done better. Also, just in terms of relationships, like not, I don't know, like everything just felt like it was going awry. Like it was like, wow, like I'm on my own. I really felt 
so alone, like 23 and 24, I'm starting to feel a little bit better, but like still I'm feeling very alone, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like when you surpass the age of your mother in living years, you feel a shift. I don't know. It's, it's um, different. I, I could imagine um, one of the first things that I thought about when I lost my mom was that I'll probably have more time on this earth without her than I had with her, which is something that I never imagined. But also somehow in that moment, my brain shifted from thinking that I was going to have this long life to literally seeing it stop at the age of 53, which is how old my mom was when mm-hmm. she passed. And also kind of a lack of desire to want to keep, sorry, a lack of desire of wanting to keep beyond that space in general um, because of like, I guess this idea of lack of guidance that I really just don't know how to deal with. And so, and this year was hard for me too. My mom had me at 27 and, you know, my birthday was kind of it, like threw me for a loop because I'm just like, wow, this is when my mother's journey into that next phase of her life began you know and I know her from that point on I know her from that point to the day that she passed and so I feel like there's maybe for me feels like a a bit of comfort in existing in the sphere of like between 27 to 53 but like not necessarily wanting to exist beyond that and like I just I can't imagine dealing with that at 24 like and I feel for you so much I'm sorry I'm like not even trying to cry for it this is the first time I cried on one of these podcasts oh <laughs> uh, yeah um I'm just I'm very emotional today yeah but anyway Your thank first- you Day. like how are you feeling like can we check in with you it's your first birthday with your mom past um I feel like I'm kind of disconnected from the day and I feel very disconnected from my feelings it's like there's something in me that's really upset clearly but like I feel so disconnected to it body wise it's like my body feels fine but there's clearly something in me that really hurts you know and yeah. like there's such a disconnect for me like I feel like um I don't know. I kind of feel like it just isn't real. Like, and I think that this past year for me has felt very not real. And, you know, May is also the month that my mom passed too. So it's just been like kind of a rough month. And I think I've been trudging through, um, like not necessarily thinking too much about it, trying to block it out and like attach from it as much as possible, which clearly doesn't work. I don't know, like that whole brain versus heart versus spirit thing is crazy because it's like your brain can feel something, your spirit can feel um, everything and your heart can feel like a different way or you don't even know how your heart feels, you know? And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I can't wait for like today to be over. Honestly, I can't wait for this month to be over. And like, again, I'm speaking these words, but I feel so disconnected to it. I think like, if I'm honest with myself, like I think a part of me really does feel like, like I died the day my mom did. And that's why I was saying earlier, like it feels like such like a choice to do, to live or like to die or even to do both at one time. And I'm just kind of free flowing through life and I don't know what the hell I'm doing at all like I have no clue what I'm doing I I and it and I think that's kind of terrifying to me thank you for asking me about myself too so I like I try not to really talk about myself too much on these podcasts but um I appreciate you caring and asking and I don't I don't know I'm just lost isolated and kind of 
alone and I, I like also kind of force that on myself too because people have been texting me and calling me all day and I'm not I haven't answered anybody and it's like I have this desire to not be by myself but the only person I don't want to be by myself with is not here so it's kind of like you know I answer my brother I answer my dad but anybody else I'm like I don't I don't have the energy I don't have the strength and I just gotta push through so um anyway thank you for asking yeah I think that regardless of, you know, the day, I think the emotions and the sentiments are really relevant. And um, obviously, you know, both you and I are talking about emotions and being emotional, which I think is a beautiful thing. Um, And when I think about grief and I think about my sadness, depression, or whatever that's tied to it, um, those emotions that sort of, I guess, convolute that space, they're tied to the things that I miss having with my mom or the fact that I'm not going to have that future with her. And so for you, from the standpoint of somebody who didn't have their mom for more than three months of their life, their life, yeah. what are your emotions? What are your tears tied to? My tears are tied to longing mm. uh, because longing is different than like missing or like wanting it cuts a little bit deeper. And I guess longing is different because it's missing mixed with the sorrow of knowing you'll never get that thing. Mm. Or it's so, I don't know, like when I think of people like, you know, plays are so dramatic, like, oh, I long for you. Like I long for your touch. And it's just such a deep, deep desire, but it's so like sorrowful. So it's just like, you know, damn mom, really? Because it's like, (laughs) how can, like leave me so early Mm. and um I've also been coming to grips with the fact that death is is a choice right like you said like our spirit does choose to pass and it's like I've been asking like I've been having really tough conversations with my dad lately and my grandma my mom's mom and I was I've been asking them you know like about her about her like final days and they tell me that she was in so much pain. Wow. Yeah, that she she had something going on and it was 1999 and Blow Zimbabwe. And so it was like, I don't think they had all of the tools necessary to diagnose her properly or give her what she needed. What I know about the world, I think she had like some sort of brain tumor because okay. she said she had like headaches that would go on for days and just incredible like she would be screaming they said just in pain and so it was like I'm sure it was a tough tough choice and I'm sure it was like a tough tough time for her but yeah my tears also like are written with my father's name because I've been crying for him a lot lately a lot of the times like when I think about my mom now I really do think about it through him because he's been talking to me for the past couple of years. Like I'll call and I'll just be like, okay, let's talk some more. Cause I'm taking notes. Yeah. Cause uh, I talked about writing a book about them. Cause yeah. oh. he's always supported me with my writing. Uh-huh. And so he's like, okay, we got to do this again. And it's like the first time that I heard my dad cry. We've had these conversations all the time and we've cried together a lot of times. And it's so cathartic truly and so I think that the tears are also that stored energy leaving me because you know when people say they feel heavy and then they're experiencing something and they feel they experience something and they say I feel so much lighter now yeah energy has weight and it's like 
when we cry, like if we're just talking about physiologically, we release oxytocin. And that's the same thing people buy on the street. Oxycontin, yeah. it's synthetic. And this is the real stuff. Oxytocin, mm-hmm. but oxytocin is also the hormone that's released to help your mom have contractions. When you first touch your mom, that's the same hormone that's released. And it's like, I guess every time I'm crying, it's like a hug for my mom. It's also released when you give hugs. The world's best neurotransmitter, oxytocin. I'm also a psychology girl, you know, so. Sitting here in awe, I'm just like, wow, my tears are a hug from my mother is like, I feel like that needs to be the name of a book or something. That was so beautifully, so eloquently put. And thank you so much for that. Thank you for like bringing it out of me, I guess. Um, When you cry with someone, it's so cleansing in a way that's comforting, you know? It's like they see me exactly how I see me, but they also feel exactly what I'm feeling. And I'm feeling really seen in this moment with you. And I'm like really feeling so grateful, like to have this conversation, even after our first conversation, like I felt so grateful and I felt like, wow, I'm so happy that I even got on LinkedIn. Like, um, Thank you. Thank you for creating the podcast. And it off the road a little bit, but there's this quote someone said, like, you need to do what you came here to do because someone depends on you doing that thing. And like, I'm so sorry that we had to meet in these conditions, but I'm just so grateful that you're grieving in this way. Thank you. And thank you for sharing in the space with me. I don't know how often it sounds like you talk about your mom a lot. which is such a beautiful thing. I think that there's something so important about that because it allows you uh, to give them air. It allows you to give them life and it allows them to continue to persist, right? Um, The things that we love about a person or, or understand or learn about a person, those things are not physical. You know, the things that you care about is what, what, drove your mom to do certain things or what was her passion behind certain things and that's all a spiritual thing and spirit I truly believe does not die and so continuing to give that life and to give it air and to allow it to pulse I think is really powerful really important so thank you for seeing me and my desire to grieve openly I really appreciate you for that I want to talk a little bit about what you've learned about your mom or about grief or just about life in general as you've gotten older and sort of had an understanding of what it means to grieve your mom. Yeah, so I actually got jolted, I guess, very recently because like a close friend of mine, her mom passed last month and... I I'm I'm viewing her grief in real time of losing a mother and also like realizing that I'm consoling her but I'll never know the pain that she feels. Mm-hmm. And I felt grateful for the fact that I never got to know my mom watching her cry the way that she did. You can mm-hmm. see pain in someone. And yeah. it's like wow, like I guess my mom passed before I could remember her because I wouldn't have been able to bear the pain of having to remember her because I really think that's what grief is you know you're remembering someone and being like and your body just has to release because you just wish that you could be there instead of having to remember them 
Yeah. And so I guess as I'm getting older, like when I watched that happen with her, like that's when I decided to write my letter campaign because it was like, man, I really need to continue to talk to my family and and especially my family back in Zimbabwe because a lot of my mom's family is still there and some of them live elsewhere in the world but people have been sending letters since there was no electricity so we can be sending these letters I can be talking to them send them things that I make more recently I had just been reaching out more you know ever since i had the realization that I have a bunch of moms. I'd been reaching out to my moms more and reaching out to all of my family more and even friends from college. It's like, we must keep in touch. Yeah, We really have to be connected because it's really lonely out here. It is so lonely out here. And so as I'm getting older, I'm just realizing that it's so important to like cherish who we have while we have them like in this plane. I think that one of the, um, again, like I've been recalling a lot of those first moments after I found out that my mom was no longer physically here. And another one of the first things I said was that I had no regrets and I still feel that way with her. You know, it was like nothing that I felt like I wanted to do that I didn't, nothing that I didn't, it's like not one of those, I wish I would have told her I loved her more, spent more time with her or anything like that. And so I reflect that sentiment that you just said about making sure that you do have that time with people. And it's crazy because it's like such a cliche, but only because people say it all the time, but people only say it all the time because it's true. And and it's really important. And it's funny you say that looking at your friend, you're like, wow, I was protected from this overarching gloomy sort of over-consuming feeling of grief that I witnessed from my friend because I kid you not I used to tell my mom all the time like I am so scared of how much I love you because I don't think I could live without you and that's a real feeling you know and it's hard to explain again there's things with your mom that you intrinsically have whether the relationship is good or not there's always going to be at, at least i believe you know something in you that wants that sort of mother daughter relationship and yeah it's 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 really difficult but i mean shout out to you for being able to be there for your friend and sometimes it really does take other people's grief to kick us into orbit you know seeing other people's stories it makes it more real for us and it kind of makes us like oh wait this is what I lost like and I lost that too and I don't fully understand where you're coming from because I don't understand like I don't know the in and outs of that relationship but like not having your mom here sucks and, and it's not even, like, it's not having your mom here sucks or not just having your mom, it, period, just sucks. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess, like, I'm trying to understand for myself, too. A lot of what these conversations are is obviously giving space and giving life, but also trying to understand grief for myself as well. Yeah. Do you think that idea of you not having a mother physically here, do you think that that sort of do you feel like you were the girl who did not have a mom? Mm. I feel like I was only the girl that didn't have a mom at family functions. Okay. Yeah. Like most, like everybody had their mom and it's like, my family is one of those families who will fly out of state for the weekend for a barbecue. Yeah. (laughs) So we are very, very close, like my extended family. And there's a lot of us, my grandmother on my mom's side had 11 children. My dad's mom had 
eight children, seven or eight children. There's just a lot of us and we're always getting together. And I remember it would be sometimes when like my cousins, especially when we were younger, but as they got older, they knew like we were like five, six, seven. They'd be like, where's your mom? Like not in a mean way, but like, where's your mom at? And it was just like, yeah. Yeah. And it would always like make me sad. And I'm like, she's, she died. And it was something that I never talked about because I know you mentioned like I talk about my mom a lot and like that's very new. I never used to talk about my mom. And I remember even when I was in elementary school, this boy asked me, he was like, how come you only talk about your dad? Mm. And it was like, oh, hmm. Because, you know, most people talk about both their parents, like even if they don't live with both their parents, like they have stories from both. But it's like I have no anecdotes to share about my mom. But now that I'm like actively learning about her, I've accumulated some anecdotes. Um, you know, just like you're saying, you, uh, I, I'm happy that I am able to keep her alive. Like my, my singular tattoo right above my heart is my mom's name. And so like when I told my dad I got a tattoo and then I showed him the tattoo, he couldn't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, how are you going to say something about that? Yeah, all my tattoos are my mom like centered too because I was very much like, no, I want clean skin. And then my mom passed and I was like, I need like five tattoos to be dedicated to her. <laughs> uh, I love that. I was also like, I do not want to get a tattoo because what? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's funny. Something that I've also learned as I've gotten older, just love, truly what is love? Mm. Because one thing that you said in your earlier episodes, like grief is love. And we grieve because we once loved. And when I tell you I've been crying a lot for my dad, just having like pain for him, because I'm thinking like, man, like you really lost the love of your life. Like you really like, what is it to lose the love of your life? And I know you were talking about your dad. Mm -hmm. And wow, this is so sad because I've seen him like go through relationships. And I even talked to some of my bonus moms and they said they knew that they would never fill her shoes to him. Yeah. And then my little sister's mom, even she said that it was just like, you know, she knew she would never be what he wanted her to be because he wanted her to be somebody that wasn't there. And for my dad, I really think it's an it's an open wound. He tried to stitch with things that dissolved. Yeah. I, I don't know everything that my dad went through and like how he felt. But of course, like you can only give what you have. And, you know, just by how my grandmother was, she wasn't like a nurturing mom to him. And, you know, she was hard on him. She didn't do that gentle love that keeps us okay mentally when we're older. And so it's like, I know that he wasn't taught how to grieve. He he felt like he had to be a man. He had to just go, 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 take care of his kids and didn't get the space to grieve for this this person who was a mother to me, but the greatest love of his life for him. Yeah, and I think it's hard being a daughter of a man who has lost somebody that he loves that dearly, right? Losing a mother is hard, of course. I can't imagine yeah. losing like my soulmate, the person that you mm-hmm. lay with and you've created this life with, not just life in the sense of the house and all those things. Like you've literally created life. And at that point, you know, two lives, you and your older sibling. And, um, yeah. 
yeah, I feel for my dad so much. And yeah, that's like a whole nother thing. Um, and I think, you know, when you talk about when you have these conversations, they always end up we're you know, almost that time, of course, but they always end up taking on an entire life because there's so many components. It's like, I have my own trauma. I lost my mom. What does life look like without her? Oh, I also have my dad who was affected by it. And how does that affect me? And I have siblings who are affected by it. And it's just, um, there's just so much there. There's so much there. And I mean, there, there's a lot of beauty in the conversations. And I think it's special that you're able to see your dad and take on his energy and be willing to, you know, there's some people, yeah. grief can be a really selfish thing. That's something that yeah. I've experienced. It's easy to be like, okay, well, this is affecting me. And this is all I'm worried about. But there's other people involved. And it takes a lot to come outside of yourself and say, I also need to help tend to these people too. Not at the expense of myself. But I need to, you know, that idea of community that we're going or that we've gotten so far from, I think is so, so intrinsically linked to our being. And so that desire to care for your dad or your sibling, or your grandparents even or your aunts and uncles I I think that's part of what has sustained me and so even though those stories are sad to hear and I take on that emotion I think the understanding of the loss and the magnitude of it can't be understood better than anybody aside from the people that are in that sort of core group so keep doing what you're doing I know your dad appreciates you so so much i appreciate you so so much girl you are the only person to get me to cry on a freaking podcast are you kidding me (laughs) (laughs) what is life just um i tried my not to cry like preparing for this i was like girl do not cry (laughs) yeah (laughs) just really beautiful raw emotion that i'm really excited to share with um the listeners but Again, I, I thank you, thank you, thank you a million times for just being here and just your spirit is so bright and your words are so powerful and I'm so excited to see where you, I wish I was like you at 24. I wish I was like you at 27. You're teaching me some things. So, uh, before I let you go though, I would love if you could just add something that I did not include in the conversation if you have anything at all. I don't really have any extra. I'm sure that this conversation went exactly as it was meant to. But I do want to say in response to you saying that you uh, didn't think you could live without your mom. I just want to say to you, I wrote this down after you said it, but and here you are living. Wow. Oh, I wish I could give you a hug. (laughs) One day, one day. Yes, one day for sure. I'm I'm planning on coming back up to New York because I still have friends in New York. So we have to schedule a, a date or something because it would be really nice to meet you in, in the flesh. Absolutely, absolutely. For sure. So I want to thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Damn Mom, really. And I also want to thank you guys for listening in on another great episode that just literally spoke to my heart. I'm so grateful to be here with you guys. And I can't wait to see you guys for the next episode in 10 days. I'll see y'all later. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review and a comment. It's super, super helpful to us. And as promised, there's a relaxing cool down slash guided meditation by Liliana Rasmussen coming up in five, four, three, two. Welcome to this guided meditation session to create a safe place for you. Chronic pain can be very hard to handle, but many times when we create a mental image of our suffering, we tend to aggravate this pain, thus increasing it. 
then every time we feel the sensation, we will have a negative thought attached to it on a conscious and subconscious level. So what this meditation will teach you are techniques to change the mental image that has been created from this pain, and instead implement a peaceful association with pleasant visualizations that create a warmer bonding between you and your body's sensations. This allows you to accept and allow, instead of fight and push away. Make sure you're in a very comfortable position. Sit down or lay down if that feels good for you, however you need to position yourself so that none of your muscles are activated or tense. Every part of your body can rest and feel completely relaxed during this meditation. Begin by taking five deep breaths to relax even more. One, full breath in and let it go. Two, fully inhale and exhale. Three, breathe in as much as you can and let it go, feeling a wave of relaxation come over you. Four, Inhale deeply and exhale, feeling invigorated. Five, last one, fully inhale and exhale, feeling any tension loosen up and your body feeling extremely relaxed. Good. And just allow your breath to slow and flow naturally now. Don't try to change anything about it. Just notice the calmness that these five breaths gifted you. Notice how your body breathes without you doing anything at all. Begin to feel any sensations that you associate with your pain. Bring them into your awareness and allow these feelings to multiply. You're completely safe and secure. It's okay to allow these sensations to arise. They will not harm you. Put all of your focus on these areas. Really feel their exact position and the quality of the sensations. What's the pain like for you? Is it stinging, tingling, or burning? Perhaps it's like something else. In your mind, describe every detail and then sit with it. Be entirely with it while it presents itself. Don't do anything about it except feel it. Allow the sensations to grow and don't stop them. Just see what they do. Notice the details of changes the sensations make. Good, you're doing so well. Now switch your focus and bring into your mind's eye a visual of a place you love to go or have been to that is very serene and peaceful for you. It could be an imaginary place, like on top of a gorgeous mountain, or somewhere you frequently go, like a nearby nature path. Your favorite place could be as simple as your warm, cozy bed next to a loved one. Wherever this place is for you, see it vividly right now. Start by visualizing all the physical aspects of this place. Where are you? What do you see when you look up? If you're outside, it could be the sky. If you're in a safe room somewhere, it could be the ceiling. Notice everything you see when you look up. Now look down and at your feet. What does the ground look like below you? Gaze all around this favorite place of yours, making the colors bright and vivid. Make out even more details now, like the leaves on the trees and plants or the things that are placed around the room. Do you notice any patterns anywhere? They could be patterns in nature, like the way things grow or the patterns of fabrics and objects in a room. Notice every pattern you can find in great detail. The more details you can imagine, the better. How dark or light out is it? What time of the day do you think it is? And make a judgment about the placement of the sun in the sky. Which way is the light of the sun coming into your imagination? Look at all of the beautiful things that make this place so enjoyable for you. Use your visual creativity of this place for the next several moments. Nice. Now you are going to bring about the sensations this beautiful spot offers. Start by tapping your feet on the ground. 
Is the surface hard or soft? Feel the ground below you here with your feet, noticing anything you can about it. Become aware of the temperature in this place. Is it cool or warm or hot? Is there a breeze blowing or is the air calm and still? Can you feel the sun on your skin? Sit with these sensations for a few moments and enjoy them. Are there any smells here? If you're imagining the beach, maybe you can smell the salty air, or if you're in a forest, the smell of nature. Just notice how your sense of smell can create sensations of aromas for you when you put your mind to it. What about sounds? Bring fully into this experience any sounds that surround you here. Perhaps you hear a loved one nearby. Perhaps you're alone and you can hear the sounds that nature creates for you. Vividly hear any sounds in this experience. Sit with these senses activated for a few moments and begin to interact with your environment. Great. To relax even further, become aware of what you're doing here. Are you sitting down and relaxing or walking around and exploring? Are you doing exactly what you love and want to do? See yourself being completely relaxed and happy here. There's no need to do anything here but relax and enjoy it. Be assured that this place is always here for you to keep you safe if you need to flee from pain. Take another slow and deep breath in. And as you exhale, you feel at complete peace with yourself and all the sensations in your body. As I speak these words to you, you are changing the mental images associated with your pain. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the sensations in your body, repeat this exercise to accept the pain and change the thoughts associated with it. When you use this technique, you will stop the pain from becoming aggravated and growing stronger. When you vividly visualize a safe and peaceful place in moments of distress, you are slowing down your pulse and blood pressure, creating a peaceful and strong connection to your body and mind. Allow yourself to slowly become aware of your surroundings, and whenever you are ready, open your eyes, ready to go about your day peacefully.